Hello again, and welcome to Crime in Music. I'm your host, Brian J. Kinsley, and with me as always, my friend Ben Rubel. I'm not a hugger. I don't like to hug. He doesn't like to hug. <laughs> if you don't like hugs, catch us uh, every other week, and we'll bring you a new true crime podcast, no hug included, about people in and around the music business and their misadventures into law-breaking. If you like music history, murder mystery, people with eccentricity, and more, you've come to the right place. Share with a te- uh, friend, tell a relative. Right now, we're trying to get places. Uh, again, we're working on the stands. I know it seems kind of weird, but, well, you know what? There's actually three countries here if i remember correctly in south america if we get like peru and uh, i want to say argentina we have all south america we're covered we don't have if we get guatemala uh and panama i think we've got all of central america so then we've got all of the americas in five countries no joke cool let's bring the americas together yeah share with your friends people tell them about it if you like the show uh hit us up on all the social medias at crime and music or please 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 go leave us a speak pipe i'm not begging i'm just saying it's fun when people leave us speak pipe messages at our website crimeandmusic.com scroll down hit a button you don't have to leave your name email address you can be anonymous you can do it while you're driving technically that is a true statement (laughs) we do not encourage that I am not a lawyer, I'm but uh, no, it. don't, no, no, don't drive and, and speak pipe well, at the not, same time. Not a car, a horse. <laughs> oh, you could do it while driving your horse. You could ride a horse. We had the great idea of why are there cars? We should just have horses. Never have two horses ever ran into each other drunk on the road. And you can, I mean, if you're drunk on a horse, that's fine. I, well, yeah, yeah, no, the horse knows the way home. The horse isn't gonna, I mean, run a red light. No, that's yeah. the whole. That's the beauty of horses. I know, and their natural beauty as it is. Well, they poop a lot. Mm. Yeah. What a transition. How are you doing today, man? Good. No, Brian and I were just talking about, you know, the, the, the COVID times and what I, I'm kind of, there's a few things. If, 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 and when COVID goes away, I'd like to retain a few of the new norms that we've had in our society since COVID. Like what? Hugging. Oh, not hugging people. Not hugging people. I like, I like this idea of not feeling obliged to go to a family reunion. And have to hug your all the ants, and there's some of the man hugs. I'm not into the hugging. I but wasn't... it's family. Okay. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do it. You can I... still infect me. <clears throat> I don't. Sorry, Grandma. Um, I never really had a problem with the handshake. I always thought the fist bump was cooler, though. Do like a fist bump? That's very that, jujitsu like stable. Like, Just like to keep that. I do like that. Um, and Ooh, with not just work but personal activities. Uh, the 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 video conferencing people are being forced to do it, and guess what? It's pretty good. It works pretty <laughs> good. I mean, we just had a, a baseball little league thing they wanted to do, and this guy's like, "Hey, I'll just set up a Google Meet so we can do it on the video." And I'm like, "Yep, let's yeah, do yes. that." I don't have to drive to the place, wait for people to show up. We just all sit on our couch, put a shirt on, don't even need pants on. Yeah, let's keep a few of these things around, man. All right, no pants. Nope. Yep. Writing it down. Nope, no pants. And yeah, I have to have a shirt. <laughs> have to have a shirt. Right. Yeah, I guess things like don't yoga let, pants and sweatpants, that market is hugely up this don't year. Don't let the phone drop. <laughs> oh. oh, sorry. Hey, my kids are doing the online uh, video crap for school. And first day, first day they do it. Uh, naked older brother walks in the background of a computer screen. I'm a kid. That was on purpose. Come on. Very well may be. Very well may had been on purpose. Come on. But that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) I asked asked Leo, I'm like, did you see his junk? He just giggles. He's like, oh, yeah. Everybody saw it. (laughs) Wow. It's just funny stuff, man. 
This is odd. Now, see, I hear the other side of it because my wife is a teacher, and so I hear like these people can't even turn on a computer. It's like I can see you. It, you just okay. Now you're walking away. Okay, good. That's <laughs> no, no. I can hear you too. You didn't mute the microphone. Plus, I have control. Like, because if she's a teacher, she has actual control. She can like appear on kids' screens. Like all of a sudden, you're like, ah, oh, it's your face. And, like I see what you're doing. Like. <laughs> you know, and she has lockout where it's like, fine, you're gonna look, you know, no, no more YouTube, you're done. All you can do is this. And so, I yeah. have the power. I don't know what the right answer is, man, but uh, yeah, I have here we are. I have assumed complete control. Uh, and we are here again for bring you another true crime episode. Oh, that's and right, that's what we're doing. If you'd like, I can we can play a little guessing game. I know, you know, I, I didn't get the last one, did not get TI, did not, I didn't. These are not in chronological order. Oh. Sorry, Michelle, but Karen, that's for you. Karen likes them? Uh, we got a request. Yeah, I don't know if you heard there's a speak pipe from Karen. She has a little sister who can belch on command. They uh, haven't been hanging out because of the quarantine and stuff. And she's like, could I get the burps back, please? Makes okay. me feel nice. Uh, they they right. never went. And they, <laughs> they were never missing. You were against it, but that's well, all. Well, now it's a part of the show, I guess. You know, your burps have grown on me, Ryan. I will say we also haven't heard from Superfan Michelle in a bit. So, Michelle, if you're out there, just let us know you're okay and, and doing good. She's fine. Sorry, Michelle. She's fine. All right, are you ready to guess the guest? <laughs> all right, this week I think uh, you don't have a chance in hell. Well, that's all right. You might, though. You might. Though. All right, you ready? Well, that makes me want it even more. I know. You know, you know tell me I can't do something. Guess what I want to do. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. He's the kid from Goer Gulch. From Go- Goer Gulch? Goer, G-O-W-E-R. Goer Gulch. The kid okay. from Goer Gulch. Okay. All nope. right. Uh, he, they call him Murderer. Okay. Murderer. 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 Okay. The king of Western Swing. All right. No? No. I mean. He called every man he met son. Okay. No? No? No. Do you know, Ben, have you ever heard of Donnell Clyde Cooley? No, no. They also called him Spade. No, it's a little racist here, Brian. It's Spade Cooley. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, we're just going <laughs> to fade out this last minute. Um, All right. I don't think I've ever heard of this dude. <laughs> That's so sad. Crickets and the, and, the, and the moans. It's music, country music superstar Spade Cooley. Oh, oh, that's Spade Cooley. You will recognize some of these songs. You uh, will. I mean, right. maybe not by the words that Spade I say, Co- but if all I'm allowed to sing can, them, can, you will say can, December 17th, 1910, uh, born Donnell Clyde Cooley in Grand, Oklahoma, USA. 1910? Yeah, man. All right. I said classic country, the king of Western Swing. <laughs> yeah. He invented country. <laughs> he, Possibly he in, the guitar. He invented the swing. Yeah, right. <laughs> no one's ever done this before. <laughs> uh, he's got some parents, John and Emma Cooley. Um, his father made a living by playing fiddle uh, for local dances. He uh, also, his grandfather was a fiddle player. Uh, guess what he plays? Uh, we'll for, play. for for Jesus? Because uh, no. that's about how long ago I feel it would have been. His, <laughs> his grandfather yes, was Jesus' yes. fiddle player. He's like the three, <laughs> third generation. All right. Uh, 1914, when Donnie's four, and we're going to call him Donnie, um, he and his parents moved to Oregon, where he's sent to an Indian school in Oregon for education. He goes to the 
Chemawa Indian School in Salem, Oregon. Okay. That's a Native American boarding school in Oregon in the United States of America, named after the Chemawa Band of Kalapuya people in the Williamette Valley, Oregon. I think you're saying all those tribe names spot on. Thank you. Perfectly. It opened in February 25th, 1880 as an elementary school. Also, all the names of the months. Spot on. February. That's right. All right. We've learned to imitate you exuutly. It has primarily served students of the tribes from the Pacific Northwest and Alaska. It's the oldest continuously operating Native American boarding school in the United States. It graduates numbers in the thousands every year. At its peak enrollment in 1926, it had 1,000 students. Wow. Now, here's the fun part. Curriculum there is determined by gender. So the boys were taught painting and baking and drafting, machining, masonry, blacksmithing, shoemaking, carpentry, and wagging making. Uh, artisan skills are considered important to the rural environment in most of the reservations. So you got to have people who have those sort of skills. And the girls studied skills classified as, quote, domestic arts, end quote. How to sweep how to change a diaper <laughs> sure maybe making food i feel like the guy no, got the that guy covered, had the, though. he yeah. had the baking sort of situation there yeah what are you doing in domestic arts yeah huh. making babies well anyway this same school we'll get a little Feeding recent history babies. <laughs> 2016 uh, digging graves uh numerous unmarked graves of students were reportedly uh to have been found at the chimawa indian school cemetery Graduate student at Montana State University using ground-penetrating radar to scan the site found hundreds, if not thousands, of unmarked graves by comparing data to the 200 documented grave sites. And, quote, I would have gotten it away with it, too, if it hadn't been for you dang kids and your shark or dune buggy or your all-girl cat band and your stupid ground-penetrating radar. (laughs) Way to take that off. Just on a small little tangent. Well, right. So there were a bunch of dead unmarked grave dead people of course most people in graves are dead um i'm sorry <laughs> you don't Figuring bury the all. living you don't bury the living ben uh, i mean you can uh, but you shouldn't you ever seen kill bill <laughs> no um, i haven't and i won't what no, no tarantino i'm against it go back to the fucking video right, store why, hack why oh, brian you gotta bring it down about 40 percent, pod why are you bringing up tarantino <laughs> told you many times on this show i would fight him man to man anytime he wants to step up if i win the lotto i'm gonna put that card together oh he's got boxing credentials I'm, i'll whoop I'm, his ass i'm gonna watch that little spindly dude and that goofy hair and that jacked up jaw kick your ass he's actually a bigger dude i thought he's like six foot probably 200 some pounds we're about the same size he's gonna pound you into the ground oh, like a stake bring it tweeno <laughs> all right continue on our apparently children indian ground poltergeist <laughs> story apparently children at such boarding schools often suffered from epidemics in the dormitories of infectious disease sorry infectious disease the white man kept bringing them blankets. Yeah. <laughs> That's horrible. Uh, uh, they had influenza and trachoma and COVID and whatever they had. So, um... That's where he went to school. Okay. He went to the dead baby boarding school. John, he went to dead baby boarding school. It's better than going to one of those children's prisons. Huh? Sorry, Sorry, Michelle. Michelle. Um, he always had a hot head, though, and he made a lot of rash decisions. At the age of eight, he began performing in community dances and hoedowns with his dad. So this little hot-headed kid would be out there like, playing the fiddle. Um, as a child, Donnie was, quote, uncontrollable, according to his mother. Uncontrollable. Uncontrollable. Although he originally started out as a cellist, Donnie switched to the violin during his high school years. I don't see a big difference there. So uh, he was also an accomplished boxer in his mid-teenage years. 
Oh, okay. and they credit that because he apparently has some fancy footwork when he's doing his high octane stage shows. Okay, so that's kind of cool. So um, he's Native American, am I right? Like half. We'll All get right. there. I, I think that comes up in 13 sixteenths, yeah, something like that. I, I don't think he went to college for free. Is what I'm saying. Okay, maybe. Well, he's out of boarding school. Paperwork. Yeah, they I guess you know what. College back then. You know what? I think he did. I think. I, well, okay, we'll get there. I know what comes up. Uh, Donnie got the nickname Spade in his younger days after he drew three consecutive hands of spades, one straight flush, during a hot poker streak. Oh, wow. How old was he? Eight? (laughs) Yeah, right? He's in his teen years. Okay. Um, The possibility of making even one straight flush is about 13,001. Okay. And he drew, like, three in a row. They should have called him Cheat. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, Cheat? I think we solved it. I think we figured that out. Hey, Cheat, what's up? 1927, the age of 17, he marries a classmate named Anne. She is a full-blooded Eskimo Indian, and they ran away to California with their newborn son. Okay. He knocked her up. Had to get out of that. Had to get out of the hot seat. Well, like other people fleeing poverty back then, the family ended up in California. Um, Populations uh, were there for the entertainment magnet because the Dust Bowl migrants are looking to get those defense jobs in World Mm -hmm. War II. We Mm -hmm. talked about this. I think it was... uh, one of those, just lead belly or somebody. Some guy. Yeah, yeah. don't remember. Uh, but anyway, people were moving into the, the Dust Bowl. Like, um, real quick recap: you had the economic crash at what twenty seven, and then that tapers into the dirt and like not being able to grow crops throughout all of the Midwest, and so people just started up and moving whole families and communities, basically to states of people. And California was good because the entertainment industry, the movie business was booming. So they were hiring a lot of people they, out there. They were making boats for gun, guns and bullets. They and were stuff making for the stuff for the war. So you could go out there and work for the defense. Like just, you know, the old Bugs Bunny hitting the bomb with the hammer. Ting, ting. Yeah, these are all good. So people did that. And uh, Donnie was one of them. He rolls out there. With Eight, his Eskimo bride. With his Eskimo bride. And hand. I just feel like that kid was wrapped in a papoose. I, I probably. It, although Oregon seems like it'd be warm, and then California, that kid's they sweating ski, to death. They ski in Oregon. Uh, well, that's true. Yeah, they got a mountain. There's mountains. They got a mountain. 1932, age 22, uh, he moves from the mountains to Modesto, California, where he earns a living playing in bars and outdoor events near Fresno and Stockton motherfuckers for polka parties and square dances. Polka parties. Yeah. Uh, playing with a number of Western-oriented acts, he gets jobs playing uh, fiddle and stuff, doing... What, both kinds. We got both kinds. Oh, we got both kinds. We got country and western. <laughs> and that's what he does. So, uh, 1942, Donnie joins a big band led by Jimmy Wakeley, uh, which he played at the Venice Pier Ballroom in Venice, California, playing fiddle. Several thousand dancers would turn out on Saturday nights to swing and hop. A quote from people says, quote, hordes of people and jitterbuggers loved him. Okay, so this is in the 20s? Yeah, 42, but Oh, close. <laughs> uh, all right. Do you remember Jitterbug? The Jitterbug was a dance. Yeah, the, they, they... Did I do the Jitterbug? Did Get they, the boom, boom into my heart. Is this when they... No. When like violence, loving stars. Is that Billy Joel? Into the band. Yeah, yeah. Is that Billy Be Joel? Good. No, it's Wham, dude. Oh. You know what that Be stands there. for, right? <laughs> no, I don't. It doesn't, by the way. <laughs> okay, good. I thought it did 100%, and I brought it up to my wife, and she goes, that's not what it stands Do not for. disparage George Michael and Andrew Ridgely. Well, I mean, and come then on. I looked it up, and there's nothing. I heard it when we were a kid. I mean, whatever. Something's you know bugging me. Something ain't right. You not that there's anything wrong with that. Last night, left me in what, my bed. 
What did you say? Are you sure this Should is Billy Joel? Inside. Wake me up. No, dude, it's it's Wham. What's the song? And that- I do. I know the other guy from Wham. It's Andrew Ridgely because I won an Andrew Ridgely CD off a of CK 105.5 Flint Radio back when I was like in eighth grade. And I said, I don't have a CD player. Can I get a tape? And they go, no. <laughs> <laughs> they laughed at you and kicked you out the door. Pretty much. So the first CD I ever owned, I won off the radio. Andrew Ridgely, the other guy from Wham. <laughs> Wake me up. Uh, so anyway. You still got that CD? I, I probably do. Yeah, it's in there somewhere. That'd be great. We're to bring uh, that we were talking about jitter, jitterbuggers, though. The jitterbug was a dance that they would do. And again, we talked about him having like quick feet, like boxers and stuff like that. So you flick your feet around and people who do this type of dance were known as jitterbuggers. And they loved him. Yeah, bugger. So, uh, when Wakely, the guy he's in his band, he gets a movie contract at Universal Pictures for Saga of Death Valley starring Roy Rogers. And they're like, all right, well, he's gone. We need a new band leader. Let's get Donnie to play him and so, or replace him. And so Donnie takes over the band. You're looking up Roy Rogers now? Uh, no. I see. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, my wife texted me. Stuff to I do. Uh, I had to do a thing. All right, so Donnie takes over the band. He turns it into the largest big band in the country and releases six consecutive top ten records. Oh, he's got a big band? He's got, well, that dude got the movie contract, and okay. so they're like, we need you to step it up. So right. Eventually, Donnie and his uh, new family, they settle in Los Angeles. Um, they and they get management help from Bobby Bennett. That's a famous uh, talent manager back in the day. Your name has to be alliterized if you're a talent manager. Oh. Like for sure. Yeah. Better, for sure. better be. Better be. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Bennett. So 1943, uh, his career begins to, to, take, to look up because Bennett's doing the management. Donnie performs at uh, Santa Monica Ballroom, later the Argon Ballroom at Ocean Park. Um, he's drawing large crowds of the defense workers and the soldiers and stuff like we were talking about out there in California. Mm-hmm. And uh, adoring women who help build Donnie's reputation as a womanizing cheat. Um, how, what does wife think about that? Well, not so much uh, that it was a good thing. See, Bennett, his manager, claimed that in one year alone, she paid off 10 women to have abortions. Oh, wow. Ben- oh, his manager was a woman? Yes. Okay. Well, right. Bobby that's, Bennett. That's I'm sorry, funny. Bobby spelled with an I. I should have said okay. Bobby. My grandma's name was, we, uh, that's what my, my brother named his daughter Bobby after my grandmother. We, my grandmother was also called Bobby uh, in reference to English police officers because she was the authoritative one in the family. So, they, you, Bobby. You remember that dude that used to live by, what we used to hang out at Matt's? The, the neighbor dude across oh, the street, that you, old drunk dude? Yes, Bobby. I do. Hello, Bobby. Bobby. Hello. <laughs> hey, Bobby. Yeah, it's all King of the Hill now. But. No, it was uh, that dude. <laughs> Bob. Michelle, super fan Michelle, should definitely be getting a kick out of this because she partied with Bobby a few times over I there. See. Just, I see. Just the old man living in his parents' house across the street, hanging out with high schoolers. <laughs> we all, thought it was cool. That's all, I you, think that's all you got to know. <laughs> that's all you got to know. Just, hey, you, just don't be that guy. You just want to know who was leaving the piles of porn in the woods? <laughs> that guy. <laughs> there you go. The first time I met a, a guy named Bobby, he was the same person who tried to convince me weekly that pooping standing up was more efficient. It's like no, everything's lined up. I was like, "What? There's like flaps and things. Like you got to spread cheeks it's and like hit it's the like back a, of your knee. It's like I'm gonna make a pancake." He's like, "No, nah, man. I'm just telling you." Every week, he's like, "You try it yet?" No, I, <laughs> I don't have right, the facilities for that. Like, do I need a special like a hole in the floor? What do I do? Are you standing standing up? Or, no, never. <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Well, let's transition into something that you do want to know about: a young, beautiful, marginally talented orchestra backup singer named Ella Mae Evans. <laughs> Marginally talented. Literally, what is that? Marginally talented. 
right. Ella Mae Evans. Now, Ella Mae, uh, Donnie liked her. Lots he saw of potential. Her. Ton of potential. He adds her to the band. He's like, all right, I, I like this girl. Oh, I bet he does. Yeah. I bet he did. So uh, <laughs> he divorces his Eskimo bride, Anne, and uh, Ella Mae, she's like 15 years younger than Donnie. She's an okay singer, uh, but she happened to be an extremely beautiful blonde woman. Uh, I get so, a lot of talent in that. A lot of talent. Donnie took her as his second wife in 1945. So uh, their daughter, Melody, was born the following year. Oh, that's nice, Melody. Get it? That's nice. You can't sing yeah. well, name your kid Melody. <laughs> Why would you say that? Marginally talented. Marginally talented. What? She is. It's fine. Um, okay, their daughter Melody is born. Uh, before the baby's arrival, Ella Mae caught her husband with another woman. What'd she think was going to happen? Seriously. Well, yeah, I guess she didn't know about the 10 other Melodies that well, didn't quite make the page. I'm just saying, there's a lot of people that get divorced and go out with other people, but if if you're if you're if you're uh, doing it with a dude that has a wife and he gives up that wife to marry you, don't you think he might have it in him to cheat on you one day? No, <laughs> really, he's not gonna cheat on me. I'm different. I'm I'm blonde. I'm a beautiful blonde woman I'm who can sort of sing. I'm, I'm marginally talented. All righty. So, well, if you're done with that, we'll get back to this. She gets caught with another woman. She tries packing her bags, and she tries to leave. He threatens to kill her. Okay. So she runs away to Texas. It's, it is 1945. That's true. Not uh, even illegal, then. Not kill your wife. No, no. you totally kill your wife. No. Well, your I mean, for the right reasons. Right. Yeah. Crime of passion. Uh, she runs away, though. She gets away. She goes to Texas, right? He brings her back. Okay. September 1945, he releases the song, Shame on You. A Columbus Oak, OK, OKEH, OK. It's like Oklahoma and Canada. Canada. Ochi, Oki. OK. Records label. Shame, shame on you. Shame, shame on you. Texas, I had to drive you back by your hair. It stays at number one on the country charts for two months. Get in the kitchen. That's why you're there. <laughs> Don't be reading. That's not for you. Uh, it's number five on Billboard's most played jukebox folk records list. <laughs> they had specific categories, man. <laughs> Even back then, I guess. Whatever. This is the best song played by you, performed by you, this time this year. Here's your award. Thanks for coming by. Fall 1945, uh, Soundies Distribution Corporation of America issued one of their music video-like short films of Donnie's band performing Shame, Shame on You. I feel like this is like a self-flatulation song. He's like really feeling bad internalizing it, but like telling him it's other people, but it's really him. It's like, shame on me. Shame on You is the first in an unbroken string of six top ten singles, including Detour and You Can't Break My Heart, My Achy Breaky Heart. I think I've heard that song. Just don't think you understand. 1947, Donnie began a career in television, hosting the program in Los Angeles titled The Hoffman Hayride. Not uh, the Louisiana Hayride. Okay, I was going to say, it's not, the, it's not the same Hayride. It this like is, this is the bootleg of, version of the Louisiana Hayride. Which was the bootleg version of <laughs> the Grand Old Opry. The Grand Old Opry. Right. Perfect. It all comes back to the Ryman Auditorium every time. <laughs> Uh, so the Hoffman Hayride, that's a popular show out of L.A. And within months, estimated 75% of all televisions in L.A. were tuned in each Saturday night to watch Donnie in the the Hoffman Hayride. That's 
I mean, percentage-wise, that's a lot. That's, that's a lot better of people, than dude. Super Bowl. There's like five channels, and I don't think the Super Bowl is invented yet, but we're there. 47? Yeah, I don't I think feel so. like we're close. close. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. Donnie appeared in 38 Western films, both in bit parts and as a stand-in for cowboy actor Roy Rogers. He is right. He's right there in La La Land. So yeah. Whatever. Now, what do you know about Roy Rogers? Anything? Um, he's the he's cowboy. A cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a famous cowboy actor. He's, didn't he sing a little bit with the head of guitar he strapped to his back? I believe so. Whatever. What was a, the name of Roy Rogers's horse? This is this is a Christmas um, story thing. Remember they're doing the. The quiz thing. Smokey? And he's like, no, that's the name of Roy Rogers' uh, nephew's horse. He's like, who knows the name of Roy Rogers' nephew's horse? It's like, it's, uh, it's Archer or something like that. He's like, what the? Anyway. Uh, so after being uh, introduced to Roy Rogers, they quickly become best friends. Did they just become best friends? They did karate in the garage. Uh, Donnie also bore a slight resemblance to Roy. Both had the same build and kind of like that same moon face. And so Donnie... Um, was pulling down 17 bucks a week as a Roy Rogers stand-in and stunt double. That's probably $17 a week? A week. I don't even think that sounds like good money back then. <laughs> like, you're in the movies, bud. That's, Ooh, welcome. It's like the beginning of the 50s, right? Yes. All right, 17 bucks a week. Well, he's also in the Roy Rogers backup band, the Riders of the Purple Sage. He's a fiddle player and a vocalist. That gets another two pence. Yep. Uh, you know, sage is like a marijuana derivative type thing, right? Oh, I know. That's why all the religious ceremonies. Are, when we were altar boys, they were just trying to get us high, dude. I'm just telling you. <laughs> why, Brian? I don't know. It was easier that way. You'll have to talk to the Pope. He does his film career at this time with much higher visibility because now he's done all these roles and stuff. So he's getting bigger, bigger parts in these Western movies, like all these Westerns out in California. Uh, so much so, June 1948, Donnie begins hosting the Spade Cooley Show, a variety show on KTLA TV in Los Angeles, broadcast from Venice Pier Ballroom. I want you to when he got paid for that. Well, he must have got paid a lot because the show won local Emmy Awards. It included guests like Frankie Lane, uh, Diane, Dinah Shore, and Frank Sinatra. Ooh, I know that name. That's right. Yeah. They were friends. Uh, the Spade Cooley Show was viewed coast-to-coast coast via the Paramount Television Network. KTLA eventually canceled Donnie's program and replaced it with Cliffy Stone's Hometown Jamboree. Oh, I love that show. I got all the DVDs. What's a DVD? Uh, Donnie had it all by the end of the late 40s. He had an estate at a classy section of L.A. Got a ranch out in the Mojave Desert. It's Mojave, I know. Uh, he's got a 56-foot yacht. A hundred custom cowboy suits, fifty hats, and three dozen pairs of boots. Ooh, three dozen pairs of boots. Nineteen forty-nine. He's also starred in two short films, King of Western Swing and Spade Cooley and His Orchestra. So basically, these are the precursors to music videos. Mm-hmm. Spade Cooley Orchestra typically included more than a dozen musicians and girl singer, all dressed in flashy cowboy get-ups. This is kind of like the. Uh, Hank Senior thing where everybody had to wear the fancy like cowboy sequins dress and, stuff. and yeah. rhinestones, the rhinestone cowboys. Yeah. Even though most of the members came from places like Milwaukee, Boston, and Brooklyn, Donnie made sure they had Western names. So Smokey Rogers, uh, the Irish Mexican, Joaquin Murphy, Castic <laughs> Cactus Soldi, and Yodelin Blonde Bombshell, Carolina Cotton, who was born Helen Hagstrom. <laughs> Carolina Cotton. Yeah, no, my name's Helen. Thank this you. This sounds like a murder mystery <laughs> set up here. In the dining room with the, mon- uh, with the monkey wrench. Yeah. 
Spade Cooley and his orchestra were so popular. How popular were they, Brian? Hey, they were so... Um, you gotta have something right I looked. Here. I looked up popular... I was like, popular jokes. That will not get you what you want. <laughs> I'm even do, I'm doing Boolean queries, like putting shit in quotes, and I've got like plus... Five, I was like, I don't know. Uh, they could suck a golf ball through 50 foot of hose. I, that's how popular they were. <laughs> okay. No. All right, we gotta work on that now. They were so popular, they couldn't meet all their bookings. So, like, there were rumors that Bonnie... Bonnie. There were rumors that Donnie had two or three bands on the road simultaneously, all being called Spade Cooley and his orchestra. And so they even had fake Spade Cooleys who would front the bands. And if in a certain place, like, they didn't have enough coverage, they, they were thinking they were Rubes and Hicks. They're like, they're not going to know it's not him. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the village people. <laughs> right. So just like them, one time, Donnie, he starts a show, like, starts his one gig, right, playing with the orchestra. And he's like, all right, guys, I'm going to go... Uh, Take a quick little break here, get some water, go go use the restroom. And he jumps in a cab, goes across town, does another couple songs with fires, the other Spade Cooley show. Fires up another show. Yup, starts with the band, then jumps in a cab and goes like, so he's doing the loop during these shows. Dude, that's awesome. Double dipping. That's awesome. That's like when, who was it on Live Aid? Oh, yeah. the uh, they, they opened. Was it Phil New- Collins? Opened, maybe. I think it was Phil Collins. Opened in New York. Yep. Or England. And then Flew over to England and closed the show closed over the there. Yep. What, if it was Phil Collins, I'm impressed with that. What I feel it? like it was Phil Collins. I don't remember. All right. Homework. Here's homework for all of our listeners. Call us out, guys, if Who? you want to. Or was it, uh, it wasn't Clapton, was it? We haven't done Clapton yet, but I will tell you the crimes of the Beatles and the crimes of the Rolling Stones are coming. So I, ho- I love you, though, so that's Christmas exactly. gifts. Yeah. Christmas presents are coming, everybody. All right. Tasty treats. So, uh, Donnie's career is catching fire, man. Like just like the Stones and the Beatles, the dude is on top. He's got his own weekly television show. He's got seven bands, seven concerts going at once. at one time. He's triple dipping every night on the weekends. He's got lucrative music and movie contracts. He's got a mansion in L.A. We talked about the yacht. He's hanging out with Roy Rogers and Frank Sinatra. He's got uh, friends are Question. members of the most like Southern. He, well, oh, is go ahead. he paying taxes? <laughs> well, this is the next point. He's also got really close friends who are Southern California law enforcement agency people. So he's really tight with the cops and the feds. All right. He regularly plays free benefit shows. He's got a good reputation all around town that follows him around. Still got a lot of cards to go, Brian. I do. But what we're going to do, we're going to take a little break right now while Donnie's on top and like doing good. <sighs> Okay. See, the cough button would have been good. <clears throat> no, I so, no, it's COVID taste. Where you know everybody just cringe right there. They heard a little. <laughs> you made a noise. Ah. All right. Uh, go clear your throats, everybody. Get some water. Buckle up. Uh, and we'll be right back after this song from my high school band, Twenty One Days. And we're back. All right, I'm excited. What did you uh, What did you do with your break? I talked to you. Wow, it's just on the sheet here. I have to read what it's. We, we said <laughs> we said things that can't be recorded, and now we're back. Enough <laughs> <laughs> said. Moving on. Uh, so what we were talking about, Donnie uh, Spade Cooley here. Donnie is super popular. He's got the movies. He's got his TV show. He's the king of Western swing. He's at the top, Brian. He the popularity. Of Western Swing, though, unfortunately, is taking a dip now. Because once you reach the top, nowhere to go but down. Right, right. And so, um, 
he even though he's reportedly earning five hundred thousand dollars a year back in like the forties. That's good money today. So he's crushing it. Yeah. Donnie uh, gets a little bit more distressing because Western Swing's taking a dip, and um, he thinks his wife might be cheating on him. He's like, <laughs> I don't know, man. There's a lot of people cheating nowadays, and uh, I think uh, she might be one of them. <laughs> no, that's what you're just going. Well, die. I mean, he's he's already been a cheater all of his life, shame, and all of a sudden this happens. Shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on me. Donnie insisted his wife give up her career to care for their children, Melody. Uh, Stay and home, son Donnell Jr. Stay home where you can give a little closer eye. I learned that. it at school. That's what the girls did when I went to school. They just learned how to take care of the babies. Yeah, you feed them, you burp them. That's it. You're that's that's um, the first week in school. And then you know you repeat. Yeah. So now, LMA Cooley, uh, she was like, "You accuse me of cheating. I don't understand what you're talking about. I feel a little skeptical. I think you're doing something wrong." Uh, but then she confesses to one of her friends that she did have an affair with Roy Rogers in 52 or 53. I don't remember. Oh, so she was banging Roy. Yeah, afraid so. <laughs> not, not, not Jason Roy. <laughs> no, not the other uh, co-host who will come in here. Not, he is. He, I don't think he was sleeping with LMA Cooley. I saw his mom yesterday. How's she doing? I just saw her walking through the yard. Are you, you, you can follow them on Facebook at Roy Greenhouse or oh. Roy, Roy Family Farm. Oh, cool. Yeah, she was out there helping somebody with some pumpkins. There you go. Yep. Not to date the show, but uh, thanks. What? Why would people be buying pumpkins if not for Halloween? Maybe a pie. I stand corrected. Donnie continues uh, to record things, but the group's popularity starts dipping. Like I was telling you, Western Swing's not as popular as it used to be. The public taste of change. Um, Eventually, he fires the orchestra and replaces it with an all-female band. He's like, I got an idea. (laughs) People love the ladies. I know somebody that runs a brewery like that. (laughs) (laughs) We're only going to hire young, attractive women to. We'll just let it go. Uh, He's a heavy drinker, Donnie, much like our friend in the the brewing industry. Um, He descends into horrible, horrible alcoholism and his career declines. He suffers a series of minor heart attacks. If you feel like you're having a heart attack, people go to the hospital. We'll just say that. Just, just, just sidebar. Go. Uh, right you can't feel parts of your body go get that checked out yeah don't wait 10 days donnie cuts his final recording in 1959 and maybe he saw the handwriting on the wall because the b-side of his last single was a half-hearted attempt at a rock and roll song he's like all right western swing is dead let's try it it's a one four five uh blues ripping b watch me for the changes and try and keep up what's the stuff rocking what what it might be not you might not be ready for this but your kids are gonna love it chuck bear what Marvin Barry, your cousin. 1959, Donnie begins planning a never-built-amusement park for Kern County to be called Water Wonderland. My kids did not like Back to the Future. What's wrong with them? I know, right? They wouldn't even watch the third one, which is actually for a third movie. Right. It's a pretty good movie. You know there's a fourth one, right? No, there's not. There is. Back to the Future, Doc Brown saves the world. No. Yeah, because if you... Well, yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, Lloyd, uh, whatever his name is, Christopher? Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. What happens is uh, because Back to the Future Part Two takes place in what 2015. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we don't have the Mister Fusion, and we don't have all those things. I, I no hoverboard. No hoverboards, right? What happens is all those things. Doc Brown is like they bring the ruin of society. Like there's no like the future crumbles and there's nuclear war and stuff. So what he does is he goes and he like sort of 
wipes clean history of the Mr. Fusion and the hoverboards and all that stuff. So that's why it's like it is now because Doc Brown Where saved the I world. Where can I find this movie? Don't IMD, it. IMDb will tell you. Yeah, okay. You. Yeah, all right. It's on I'm, there. I'm a, I got to get there. I was on a kick of doing classic movies. I went through Back to the Futures and this I went like through the fan, Indiana Joneses. This is like a fan-made thing, clips of him all over making a movie. Uh, I know this is an actual movie. Okay. He stars as an actor. There's a script. If you guys like things that are about sci-fi in the future, check out the podcast Sci-Fi Party. Uh, they talk about optimistic futures of sci-fi, and you'll learn things about. Like, they talk about the fun part of sci-fi. Exactly. Yes. So not the doomsday. And no, all positive future. Positive future. Yeah. Uh, much like Waterworld was a doomsday sort of. Uh, movie his water wonderland he wanted that to be a wonderful park like walt disney it's going to feature boat races there's going to be a lot of swimming uh they're going to have a broadcast studio for doing tv series and stuff and where so, was he going to put this at this is out in the Maja- majavi desert mojave desert or you can just go to lake mead you could just there, there there's a lot of boating and swimming and boat races but again disney opened in 1955 ish and so by the 60s Walt was making money hand and fist. Okay, and so, so he's trying to... Donnie's like, okay. yep. if we do right. Water Wonderland, um, we'll have the same thing. It's it, Yeah, he has a, that ranch in the Mojave Desert. I have so. the most wonderful new age idea. Let's make a theme park. <laughs> Water World. I like that movie. I don't care what people say. I like that I, movie. I like, Water <laughs> I like the movie. I thought it was a neat, neat movie. Kevin Cosner was great. The I got the movie. action figure. I don't. It's, it's like, a Robin Hood action figure, but honestly, still, it works as Waterworld. It's the only good movie Kevin Costner's ever done. I like The Postman. <laughs> That's fighting. Them's fighting words in some Ford places, Lincoln right? Mercury's squaring up on me. Look at you. Uh, okay, so he's got this ranch in the desert, and he's like, can we get families in L.A. to take a 50-mile round trip to, to out to the oasis in the desert? And so he buys up 50 acres around his ranch. Um, he gets some business partners, and they start development on Water Wonderland. Okay. I'm going to make t-shirts. Welcome to Water Wonderland. Woo! The park's closed, folks. Uh, Moose of the Gate Show told you. February 8th, 1960, Donnie is honored by the installation of the star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I don't think they're that hard to get. You got to pay 30 grand. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> that's how you get I, I could get one. Yeah. By this time, his television series had been canceled. Uh, he'd fired everybody in the Spade Cooley Orchestra. And he was basically semi-retired. Okay. And he's building a theme park. And he's got this theme park going. His mental health is not going so well. Um, he's got one friend saying that Donnie would have been on heavy-duty antidepressants if he'd been around during, like, the medicated times like we live in. Like, yeah, no, that dude would have been a pill popper. He was super depressed and all stressed. Well, if he was a just a terrible alcoholic, that, that leads to depression. His condition wasn't helped by the fact that Donnie was insanely jealous when it comes to LMA, who admittedly was cheating on him but not with 10 people at once um she convinced her life was uh one round of sex orgies after another out there in the desert he's like i'm out on tour and she's out there in the sex cult <laughs> she's just banging, she's banging banging randos banging kevin cosner and Waterworld crew just uh, all of them what are those guys called the smokers just jamming through the smokers just all of them going through the smokers one at a, one after another uh, of course, this probably had something to do with the fact that Donnie had been stepping out on Ella since the day they were married. Um, there's a story that went out that old Donnie wasn't shy about taking on multiple sex partners uh, when the opportunity arose. Like at a time? Well, it doesn't really specify, like, but like, I... It, like like a, a, a twofer? The way, <laughs> the way I read it was more like a fifer. So ah. <laughs> if it arose, if it came up. All if, chicks know. or chicks and dudes? No, just chicks. All right. He was... All right. He was All right. 
He was with the he was with the ladies. Just want just no no no. You're right. It's a valid question. I was just gonna say not that there's anything not that there's anything wrong with that. Not at all. You know, a dude could have slept in there at one point. Who would have known? No, rhinestone cowboys. I mean, come on. Uh, with no more evidence than two of his new business partners, like had these effeminate mannerisms, like the guys who were in on Water Wonderland, right? They were they were actually gay, and he didn't know that, right? And an investigator that. Donnie hires years later finds out that they were actually gay, but they had befriended LMA, right? And so they would go out to the ranch and like, oh, we we're just out scouting the property for the water world, and uh, we just thought we'd stop in and have lunch with LMA and stuff like that. But Donnie, right. sorry, Michelle, there you go, Karen. Uh, he thinks he recruited his wife into what he described as a quote free love sex cult. So he's really in. He believes she may be cheating on him. She may be not with the two gay guy developers. Well, it's not always an orgy. He may be always an orgy. I was gonna say he seems to do the orgies, but hey, okay. When you point your finger at somebody, there's always those three pointing back pointing at right you. back at yeah, you. Yeah, come on. Well, uh, this is pretty much the '60s, and if you think about when Donnie was born, what I say, 1910, 19 freaking 10, a man of his generation might be confused about the radical differences between homosexuality and free love and sex cults. So I can see how he could blend those together in his mind. Reefer madness. <laughs> oh my God. Ah, no, that's not. Well, yeah, he, that's not he, what it is. You're not going to murder people because you smoked a dube. Okay. What are you foreshadowing? Just be, uh, well, mm, uh, just because there's some guys who are a little flamboyant, that doesn't mean that they're gonna like be in a sex cult with your wife. That's all I'm saying. Oh, he didn't understand. He is painting everything with a broad brush. He figured anything that was out of his norm was a sex cult. Stay up with the times, people. Honest to God, it's not that difficult. Don't 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 you get look up, stuck. Did you look up soaking? Come on. Uh, I, I st- it's been a week and I haven't looked up soaking. I'm sorry. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. I don't want to. I feel like I'm going to get something on my phone if I look up soaking. <laughs> Anything is sexual nowadays. Everything can be, yeah. I mean, I, now I could use something different than Pornhub as my search engine, but still, <laughs> you didn't specify. It's all porn. It's all there. Uh, so basically, all Donnie knew was that he was certain they were putting the pork to his wife, and uh, this could not stand. Not, nobody bangs my wife, not even me. So he's like 50? Uh, pretty close to it, yeah. yeah. If it's forty some or the sixties, I'm sorry, you're right, ten. Yeah, so he's got to be in his, his 50s, mid to late fifties. All right. Tired of being spied on and of enduring all night accusations of her infidelities, LMA files for divorce. She wanted more sex cults. I I think this is pretty much the dodge on that. Like, oh, uh, you think I'm in a sex cult? I am not. I'm divorcing you, so I can go spend more time in the sex cult. Oh, what? You haven't even. I haven't even sex culted a little bit. I'm gonna sex cult all over. <laughs> so hard. So hard. I am sex culting this whole county. I am gonna sex cult all day, and all night. Well, Donnie, being a man of that generation, March twenty third, nineteen sixty one, counterfiled for divorce, citing incompatibility and seeking custody of their three children, Melody, Donnell Jr., and John. But then he changes his mind and he asks Ellie Mae to take him back. Well, she still had the divorce stuff going on. Well, yeah, she's like, I want a divorce. He's like, divorce me? I want to divorce you. He's like, you know what? On top of that, I'll take the kids. Uh, I don't want the kids. I want you back. Let's get back together. Can we get back together, please? I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Pussy. Donnie dropped the divorce proceedings. He hired a private detective to check up on his wife. And as Donnie put it, uh, after LMA was, uh, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) You wrote it. I did. 
Donnie dropped the divorce proceedings. He hired a private detective to check up on his wife, as he put it, uh, after Ellie Mae was uh, released from what, though? You got any bumper music for this, Brian? I got nothing. All right. Um, the PI didn't have to work too hard, though. In a few weeks, Donnie calls him, and he says his wife is now ready to admit her affairs, and he put Ellie Mae on, on the line. And so Ellie Mae states to the detective that she had one 30-minute quickie with a man at a local motel, providing both the date and the motel's location, but refusing to give the guy's name. She's like, all right, you got me. A bank dude in a hotel. He, I can tell you who. She just threw him a little bone here. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just a per. Oh. Just because he's like poking at her, like, "Come on, you know you did, you did it." This guy says you did it. He's following you around. He's like, "Fine." A bang Roy Rogers in a hotel. Don't tell anybody. Wink, wink. But I didn't inhale. No. So, um, she closed the conversation with the statement that she'd love Donnie until the day she died. She said that. Yes. Is she dead now? Well. April 26, 1961, Donnie is indicted by Kern County Grand Jury for the murder of his wife, Ellie Mae. So she told him, I did bang a dude, and he killed her. Well, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, kind of. Uh, a little bit. At the trial, Melody, their daughter, she gave eyewitness testimony against her father. Ooh, uh, I don't know how old that kid was. Uh, 14. Okay. Here we go. This is from Melody Cooley, daughter. Quote, when I entered, he was on the phone. He was talking to his business partner, and he said, don't call the police. He was real sweaty, and he had blood spots on his pants. Uh, he put down the phone, and he said, come here. I want you to see your mother. She's going to tell you something. And he took hold of my arm, and he took me into the den. The shower was running in the bathroom. Uh, mother was in the shower, and he opened the door, and he said, get up. Melody's here. Talk to her. He grabbed her by the hair and dragged her into the den. And both hands. She was undressed. Uh, he banged her head against the floor twice, called her a slut. She couldn't move. She seemed unconscious. He turned back to mother and he said, we'll see if you're dead. Then he stomped her in the stomach with his left foot and he took a cigarette, which had been uh, smoking. He burned her twice. Uh, Donnie picked up a gun, pointed it at her and he said, you're going to watch me kill her, Melody. If you don't, I'll kill you too. I'll kill all of us. Donnie testified that Melody was lying, but admitted, quote, rockets ran through my brain when Ellie Mae told me her desire to join a free love cult. This court, guy. Court Holy transcripts. Sh- oh, yes. Go ahead. Reaction? Holy shit. That's bad stuff. Yeah. You drag your kid into that crap? Uh, yeah, forcibly. I mean, if it's true. Uh, it is. It sounds awfully sp- specific from a 14-year-old not to be true. Yeah. Court transcripts describe the vivid detail, the hours-long brutal torture he inflicted on Ellie Mae in front of their daughter. Finally, when Ellie Mae became unresponsive, an ambulance was called, and she was taken to... Tapachi Hospital, where she was pronounced dead. Oh, my God. Kern County law enforcement officers were uh, first called to the hospital and then to the Mojave substation uh, for more than an hour. Donnie, he's wearing his Western gear and his cowboy boots. He was interrogated by Harmon Cooper, a senior detective with Kern County Sheriff's Department. Interrogation's a bit of a strong description, so because they seriously verbally like danced around. He's like, well, I wouldn't say they. Well, did you do? Well, there's, what do you mean by is? You know, shit like that. So, so do you it, have his lawyer with him then? It's all recorded on tape. No, it's just the two men. Um, They're extraordinarily polite to one another, given the circumstances. You're like, I think you could, they insinuate that the investigator was somewhat of a fan. 
And so uh, Cooper, he just wants to get to the bottom of the story. That's the investigator. But Donnie wants to tell the story about how LMA died. Uh, she fell in the shower, what he keeps claiming. You know, and then he rambles off on some story about, oh, she's in a sex cult and banging all these gay dudes. And so after the interview and the search of the ranch, Donnie is arrested for suspicion of murder and transported to county jail in Bakersfield. If you remember the Bakersfield sound, uh, he was kind of in with those dudes. So... Where, he had other kids too. Were they not in the house? Maybe. Uh, they were yo- the younger kids. Yeah, Donald Jr. and John, and I think they're just like kids. Kids. This uh, Melody was like in her teens or well, 12, I mean, 12, two, 14. three year olds run around the house regularly. Well, if you're a famous music star, I think you got nannies, nannies, and people like you know family take care of them and stuff. They didn't, it never was specified where the younger kids were. Okay. So uh, while he awaited trial, Donnie had uh, quote the run of the jail. <clears throat> Uh, and he could have just about anything he wanted. Um, he was not confined to his cell. He was allowed to walk the jail corridors whenever he wants, just, just walking around. You, don't, you know who I am? Running his hands on the bars of the other inmates. Hi, guys. Oh, you want a candy bar? I'll go get you one. Hold on. And then he never comes back. I could see him doing that. Eating a candy bar. <laughs> uh, he ate with the law enforcement officers in their dining room. He was served much better food than the regular inmates were given. So he was getting lugged the, the first four car. Four star service. Yes. All right. Yes. Now, just to, I didn't include a bunch of graphic shit, but just so you all understand, he stomped his wife to death with his boot, crushed her stomach and, and, and ribs, and then burned her on the nipples to see if she was still alive to get a reaction out of her. Just to let you know what, and, and then the jailer people, oh, what, in front of what? his daughter. Yeah, in front of his daughter, forcibly in front of his daughter at gunpoint. And then these fucking jail people are like, hey, come out. We got this pizza night and then Taco Tuesday. I just happened to bring my camera. Would you God. mind? Would you mind? Would you mind selling, uh, signing a couple shirts for me? Somebody else who made a name off of Donnie, August 21st, 1961. He's defended by attorney P. Basil Lambros. Uh, what was the longest case in county history at the time? So this is essentially the OJ trial, original format. One of the big... Trial of the, the, the trial, trial of the decade, century, like century. This is well, it was actually labeled. Years. It was labeled trial of the century. Yeah, a lot of them are. Well, that's true. Do we we don't have any big ones going on right now, do we? Well, the courts are closed technically. I mean, no, everyone's doing video before, court even before that. Oh, uh, I mean, what's the last? Who's, big the, who's the guy case? who's pissing on people? Oh, who I ain't? thought you meant for who us. Ain't? Like <laughs> Chris Brown and uh, Takeshi Six Nine are like, but. Those, I don't think I don't think Chris Brown's done of, yet. We haven't had. I mean, Takashi hasn't really killed anybody. I mean, no, he ever? just turned. He the, the follow up's coming because he turned on people, so he's got a death mark in the in and the world. So we haven't had a big one in a while. In a while, while. Knock on wood. It'll happen. R.I.P. Eddie Van Halen. Now you're dating the show, Brian. I'm just saying, it's still sad. Yeah, he was a young dude. That was a cancer thing, wasn't colon it? Colon cancer, yeah. yeah, or something like that. Yeah, prostate colon. I, 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 I got here. I told Brian this morning. I was like, I just talked to my friend. Won't name a name here. <laughs> so this morning, and colon colon cancer is a real deal. It's affected people I know very closely, uh, negatively. Huh. Yeah, you know, <laughs> there are positive effect of colon cancer. I'm unaware of. I can't even paint the sunny side of that slope. But I uh, really look good in purple. So my buddy, I, I called him this morning. His dad passed away of colon cancer years ago so he's really making sure gets everything checked well he sounds all weird he's is pretty early in the morning come to find out he's still all drugged up after a a colonoscopy (laughs) just started laughing i said yeah but you didn't have to answer the phone i'd talk to you later he goes no it's fine i'll talk to you now (laughs) i 
I ended up letting him go because I didn't want him to break some sacred trust he had with the son. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want him to tell me some big secret revelation. You know, when people are, adult- I mean, he was he was loopy. Like, How would having someone violate your beehole stop you from making a phone call? <laughs> Those two things are not connected. Well, I mean, they're directly connected, I, but not directly. I don't look at it like. I mean, I don't think the actual procedure is as bad as you think. It's the preparation. You got to drink all that nasty crap, and then coming out of the coming out of the anesthetic yeah colonoscopy you said yeah that's with the camera right yeah all right have you had a prostate check you're no. a man in your 40s no i should i'm sure i should it's not I mean, that I big of a deal it. it's all it's all still there i check it all check it every week check it every week yeah i i put an apple eye watch up there it's monitoring all the time every sunday in the bath <laughs> all right <laughs> how about more donnie killing his wife stomping on her well head? all right you want to talk about wasting time um Here's, here's a good waste of time. After 19 hours of deliberation, he's convicted of first-degree murder by the Kern County jury. Oh, that's a big one. Well, 19 hours, and you have an eyewitness who saw him stomp, whatever. Uh, what, they wanted to get another meal out of it. Yeah, well, hang on to that thought. Um, after unexpectedly withdrawing the insanity plea, because he originally pled in, insane, they're like, we're going to drop that. We're not going to call himself. He was spared the death ch- uh, death sentence in the gas chamber and was sentenced to life in prison. Now, I actually looked up life in prison because it was linked and underlined right there, so I didn't have to do much. But it was like, yeah, the duration of the rest of that person's life or a set time determined by the presiding body. So it's like, it means both. It can be either 20 years, 25 years, or it can be the rest of your fucking life. Okay. No, I, I knew that life sentences, a lot of them were, there actually was an end date. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We'll get there. Uh, Winters recalled. Who's Winters? <clears throat> Jonathan? Sure. And they call me Mirth. Wasn't he Mirth? And... Anyway. Um, oh, that's the guy who's writing about the trial. So this dude who's writing about the trial, he's like, when the jury of 10 men and two women handed down the verdict, the jurors were weeping, like crying. They rose from their seats and they hugged Donnie like super tight. Some of them kissed him. Uh, even the men were crying, it said. So they were super upset that they're like. And they know what he did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, 1966, when former actor Ronald Reagan is elected governor of California, Donnie's Hollywood friends start lobbying to get a partner parole. Okay. With Reagan's support, the state parole board unanimously recommends parole for Donnie. <gasps> warden, warden, warden. Yeah, no let shit. Let me out of jail. He got out of jail? Uh, August 5th, 1968, California State Adult Authority voted unanimously to parole him on February 22nd, 1970. So how long was he in altogether for? Um, He ends up serving, what, many years? A couple years, man. 20 years oh he did get a 20 spot on him so if he win it well if he win it no nine years i think it's gonna end up being nine years oh, we'll, wow. we'll get we'll get there. okay we'll get all right well. uh yeah there it is donnie served nearly nine years of his life sentence and uh was in poor health from heart trouble like we were talking about i wonder how good of a relationship he ended up having with his daughter um two cards and i'll tell you Here's the thing. November 23rd, 1969. He's not free yet, uh-huh. but he gets a 72-hour furlough from the prison hospital unit uh, to go to Vacaville to play a benefit concert for the Deputy Sheriff's Association of Alameda County at the Oakland Auditorium. Ah, oh, bullshit. So, warden, warden, warden. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Shit, come on. Bullshit. Come dance for my friends, bud. And so... You're too bad for society, but you can come to our ball. Well, don't worry. They get theirs, because during intermission, after a standing ovation, Donnie drops his fiddle... Drops dead of a heart attack backstage. Aww. 
So he is interned at Chapel of the Chime Cemetery in Hayward. So he never really got out of jail. Nope. Donnie had also not been told before his death that Reagan decided to pardon him. So he didn't even know. All right. There's a little bit of... A little bit of karma there. A little, yeah. A tiny little sliver of karma. Um, he is believed to be the only convicted killer with a star on the Walk of Fame. Really? OJ's not on there? I don't, I don't think OJ got a star. No, football stars don't get there. No, he was a naked gun. <laughs> oh, that's true. Right. We did watch that the other day. That's, that's a so good stupid. one, man. Those are great. Leslie Nielsen, his delivery is amazing. He's, I mean, so dry. Priscilla Presley was in that. Yes. Yes, yeah. she was. Yeah. That's great. Uh, what's the airport line? Was Oh, yeah. Well, he didn't, anyway, he didn't watch airport. We're going to end on a quote like we do from Donnell Clyde Spade Cooley. Quote, I came to... F- Fuck, I can't do none of this. <laughs> This will all be edited, so I sound awesome. Just to let you, you know, you won't. So it won't. This no is point. not. None of this is getting edited. Oh, it is. It's going to no. be three times no. a try. And no, you were like, huh? I think you forgot to proofread that. You one. have never heard that ever because I don't do that. All right, this is the one because there's a couple high points I gotta hit. I gotta hit the quote. And I gotta hit that. Okay, <clears throat> we're gonna end the show like we do on a quote from Spade Cooley himself. He says, "Quote: I came to California with a fiddle under one arm and a nickel in my pocket." Spade Cooley, everybody. Oh, we got to. I didn't like oh, him. I didn't like no, that guy. No, that, that last little bit, man. Guy was you a know, jerk. I don't like the diddling little kids. Well, no, none of that. Thank don't, God. I don't like the ones that, you know, beat up the women. Yeah, don't, don't, beat, like don't that. beat women, guy. Don't you know, beat if, women. If you're getting into gun battles with other drug crime syndicates, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you want to have a shootout. That's just business. Yeah, you're not supposed to stomp women in the stomach. Uh, No. Nah. Not what you're supposed to do. No. Even if you're cheating on them with 10 women at a time and- even if they're cheating on they're you. They're cheating on you. Don't stomp people. Shame. Don't make your kids watch for the love of Pete. And then that was the that was the double <sighs> that was the doubling factor. Yeah. See, so yeah, it was like up, 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 and then hard turn, like oh, yeah. negative right at the end there. You're just like, I'm a terrible person. Yeah, that was that. Yeah. Well, he was doing a lot of big stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, he was doing well. Yeah. Pioneered music videos, got in the movies and like making I, big bucks. He was gonna give Walt Disney a run for his money. Yeah, man, Waterworld was coming. I mean, yeah, Spade Cooley, interesting, eh? Yeah. No, I that's and I, I won't be going home trying to listen to his music. But. Oh, you should. It's classic country Thursday night, eh, dude. It is, eh. it's all of it. It's great. You're just eh. like, Oh my god. And he's got like the accordion, like not my not my style. And you're just like, Woo. Not my style. Shame, shame on you. Yeah, I need uh, <laughs> I need the modern country and western. I like the the the, the I say modern like the eighties and the nineties. I see. Yeah. All right. Well, because we're talking about modern country and western, that's gonna wrap it up for another episode of Crime and Music. Uh, if you like what you heard, give us a review. If you want to leave us your own uh, feedback so that we don't have to just skip feedback, we can actually listen to feedback. Uh, go to crimemusic.com, scroll on down to the old feedback button. It says speak pipe, push it. You don't have to do it. You don't have to leave uh, email address. You don't have to leave your name. It can be totally anonymous. And uh, you can say whatever you want. You can, you can be like, you guys are awesome. Or you can be like, you guys are dicks. And so either way, we'll play it on the show. This show? Well, a show. Oh. It, it <laughs> faux show? Faux show. It might be. Uh, faux. F-A-U-X faux show. Um, but please do that. Hit us up. Um, I got nothing else. You got anything else? 
No, it's a beautiful day. We should go out and uh, ride bikes or something. Let's go do that. All right. All right, guys. Like the song says, never trust a big butt and a smile. Bicycle, bicycle. I want, want to ride my bicycle. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.